Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. All right, so I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Kurt Geyer. And uh, Kurt, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, man. First of all, thanks for having me. But uh, yeah, Kurt Geyer from Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Um, that's that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> it it may not be your full time, but it's your passion. <laughs> that's that's how I describe yeah. it for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's uh, I consider. I mean, honestly, at this point, I probably work more on it than I do my full time job because it's like if I'm not at my full-time job, I kind of live the podcast and kind of what it's morphing into as a brand. So no, that's um, awesome. <laughs> I, I consider it a full-time job soon, soon to be the full-time job. So that's great. That's awesome, man. Um, congratulations on that for sure. That's uh, Thanks. that's definitely an achievement. Um, so kind of curious and I know a lot of people have heard you talk and stuff like that before, but how old were you actually when you started uh, bow hunting? Oh, when I started bow hunting, I had to have been 13, I believe, in there somewhere. I started hunting when I was around 10 years old and then asked for a bow for Christmas. Not Didn't think I was going to get one. I got one of those like pre-packaged deals from, I think it was probably Gander Mountain at the time. That was like the, really the only store we had. 
And then uh, my dad got a bow the same year, and he actually got into it because I wanted to get into it. And he always hunted. He grew up hunting, but not bow hunting, like small game hunting. So, yeah, that's where it took off. And then killed my first deer ever with a bow. And then I killed my first buck with a bow uh, when I was 15. So I kind of just like hooked me in and I never lost interest. (laughs) Dude, it took me forever to kill my first buck, like five years, I think. It was that's good though. It was kind of, I mean, it it made me appreciate it a lot more than if it would just came easy. Um, totally didn't realize that the property that I had was like a freaking gold mine, right? But didn't know how to hunt, didn't, uh, and, and all the shows yeah. I watched back then, you know, and I'm sure you probably did too. You got into them and you watched, you know, Bushmans and all those kind of people, and just like they never really told you how to hunt. You know, it was more like, yeah. here we are, we're in a tree stand. Oh, look at that. He's coming in right now. Yep. And then, and then uh, next thing you know, boom, laying them down or shooting them with a bow or whatever. But, um, yep. It's just like the monster bucks. I, that's why I grew up on those. But <laughs> that's also what's good about them. Like, you know, a ton about deer, like body posture and like how a deer moves, but you have no idea how to get close to a deer in order to see him move like that. That's right. So, but. So, I don't know. I like those are the good old days of hunt videos. They were the good old days of hunt videos, and then I kind of I don't know. It seems like even the general public kind of got tired of them too, and you could see a definite shift. And everybody, you know, it's more social media and YouTube and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. And well, you know, Realtree Road Trips changed everything. I think personally, I used to watch That's those. the show that kind of more. I used to well, that was like the What's last. That? that was probably the last hunting shows on TV that I actually watched was probably Realtree Road Trips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've been playing it in the studio in our in our green room. I've just been popping in like real tree old real tree road trips DVDs and letting them ride. But I think that's what changed it because everyone once that those DVDs came out, everyone's like, "Oh man, we want to see more." Yeah. Besides the hunt, we want to kind of like the camp stuff, and then you know naturally that's kind of just what YouTube is in general. So it yeah. kind of just uh, the whole thing shifted from there. I I think that's what it is anyway. So when did you? get kind of concentrated more so i mean was it always like hey i want to manage land for whitetails or was it kind of you just had some pieces of property you were hunting and uh kind of learned the lay of the land there or what'd you do uh yeah i never really had i mean even still i have minimal opportunity to manage land you know it's on a very working class scale like if at all i mean like some places like that i hunt i can't touch at all you know i just go out there and figure out how deer move. Um, but yeah, I mean like the, the piece of property I grew up hunting was literally just solid timber. Like I didn't even have like fields to hunt or fringes to hunt. So it was really actually really difficult to kind of figure them out because the entry and exit was difficult because if they were in the timber on my piece, going to the neighbor's fields, you know, I was bumping them in the morning and it just made for a lot of difficult hunting and, um, what seemed like inconsistent hunting, you know, it seems like one year it'd just be on fire and the next you couldn't figure anything out. Um, so it was just a hard property. So I, I think that also, it was good for me. Like I killed, I killed my biggest bucks there. You know, I killed a lot of good deer and my dad killed a lot of good deer there, but I feel like it taught me how to like keep at it and stay mobile, like how to keep moving around to figure deer out when you haven't seen shit in <laughs> 10 days. So I, I think it was really good for me. Whereas if I would have hunted uh, kind of like the, a dream property, if you will, right off the rip that had pinches, funnels and fringes <laughs> and all the goodies. 
And then I dove into a property like that because that's all I had or whatever. I think I'd be really lost and really frustrated. So the property I was telling you about a little bit ago was totally all of that. Like it Mm -hmm. had the funnels, it had the pinches, it didn't have any water, you know, but it had water not too far from there to where they actually took that. And then, I mean, it had bedding, it had everything except for like large ag, but the large ag actually bordered that. So, I mean, it was like everything you ever wanted, but I had no idea how to hunt it. Didn't understand any of that at the time. And, and, you know, and it was like, I couldn't figure out resources. There wasn't so much the internet back then, um, you know, and you had, like I said, the hunting shows, but didn't help you all that much. There was videos that would help you that you could order and stuff like that. And I ordered a couple of those, but what, what did you go to? Was it magazines or was it, would you kind of pick up Um, on it? Really? I, I had a lot of hunting mentors growing up. So I hunted that piece. And then after hunting that piece for a few years, um, my dad and I got permission on another piece of property that was a couple hours away from this particular piece. So it wasn't a spot we got to hunt a lot, but we did like probably two solid weeks of hunting there a year with the, with other guys that were very experienced and they were consistent big buck killers. Like I'm talking every year are killing a really respectable Pope and young with their bow. Like some of the guys were just strictly bow hunting and a lot of them guys had hunted their entire lives, bow hunting and stuff like that. So I learned a lot from those guys really before I even dove into anything like content wise, you know, it was more, you know, asking those guys questions and they kill the deer. Like, well, why'd you go to that spot? Well, why? And then they talk about it and I'd be like, well, why? You know, I I was young, I was the only kid in camp. So, you know, I'm the 17 year old kid talking to these guys that are in their mid late forties. And I, but I think they liked it though. Like they got a kick. I, I think they could sense I was passionate about it and like genuinely wanted to learn. Um, but that, honestly, that's how I learned most of the basics. And then a lot of the trial and error with my old man and um, with my buddies and stuff like that. I don't know. That's really the basic answer is kind of just asking a ton of questions to yeah. guys I look up to because they were, that was the best resource. You know, I'm, I'm hunting with these guys. We got up at the same time. They left to go one way and they came back with a buck and I didn't. So I'm like, what, what the hell would you do different? I want to know. <laughs> you think people are so. spoiled these days with the amount of information they got out there? Um, no, I I mean, (laughs) I, I hear, I think that it's harder to retain the information. Okay. Let me go back. I think people think they know because they heard it on TV and all that, but they don't actually know until they put themselves there and experience a little bit, then they'll know. Does that, does does that make sense? No, I I get that. I, I think, you know, the same thing you can, you can, look at something or read it a million times, but until you actually physically do it and experience it or try and, and put it into uh, practice to really get the feel for it. I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, same, same thing about like, even I, I try and do foraging and stuff. Well, you could, you could look at a book a million times and think you're going to recognize it and you can go out there and recognize it. But if it's in a different de- mm-hmm. developmental stage than the picture in the book, it's not going to do you any good unless you get out there and study it, you know, and, and figure yeah. out a spot that it's in all the time. And I mean, that can Matt, apply respect to you for that dude, because I I've tried to like get into that a little bit and I just, it's so difficult. Like I would die if I had to like forage for food, I would die so fast. No, you wouldn't. Just, so, I'd so guaranteed, you know, you know, Danny lines, yeah. every, every kid knows those, right? Yeah. Edible. Every part just of it, them. every part of it, a little bitter, 
but every part of it's edible. So then you, you got, get uh, yeah, you could get by. Tastes like crap, but you get a lot of them. You know? <laughs> right. right. Um, remember them things when you were a kid on the playground you used to take and you used to fold it over and pull it and make like a little shooter and the head would pop off? Uh, no. <laughs> really? Okay. So it was like the tall, skinny little stem coming up with like a little, uh, like almost like a cone-shaped head on it. And you'd fold okay. over, pick the stem and fold it over and pull it real hard and it would shoot off the yeah. top. I'm sure you played with one. You had to have. All, I'm all sure kids did that. Well, that's, Dude, that's what I mean. That's, that's plantain. So that, that is, that is narrow leaf plantain and it's got another one that looks just like it, but it's broad leaf and that's plantain too. And you can eat that. So right there, you okay. got, you got two of them, right? I mean, and- if I get lost in <laughs> Illinois, I'm just going to eat field corn until somebody finds me. <laughs> That's unless it's spring and uh, they didn't get planted yet, but yeah, then I'm screwed. Then and I'm then, eating dandelions. And your favorite windicator, milkweed, edible. Yeah. All yeah, of it's edible. It really? Yeah, you just have to boil it. So, like a, a five minute blanch. Well, not really a blanch, but a five minute boil. Take it and like rinse it off, cool it down, and you can uh, saute it. You can deep fry it. You can bread it. You can do any of that. And even the pods. So, the milkweed pods, you can take and do that too. So you can pick those when they're young and tender. Yeah. Yeah, you're not eating them when they're ready to be used as a windicator. It's no. A dry. They, they call <laughs> it the, the floss, I believe is what they call it. And at that point, it's uh, definitely like eating a cotton ball at that point. But if you get it when it's I, I young and tender, it tastes cheesy. No kidding. Yeah, slight, slight cheesiness to it. So now when you go that. to pick your milkweed, just go like a week or two earlier, a couple weeks earlier, pick a couple of them, boil them for five minutes in some water. And then uh, try try them out. See what you think. That's interesting. I'll be honest. I don't pick milkweed. What? <laughs> I'm a hater. You're a hater on the milkweed, huh? I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm jokingly a hater. <laughs> I just. Uh, it comes in a bottle already, and I just puff puff, and I'm on my way. I I I don't have time <laughs> to go pick milkweed and let it dry off in my window and pack it into a thing. I'm just. I get the two dollar <laughs> things, and I'm on my so way. So one. Man. I got. <laughs> I'm too cheap. I'm too cheap to buy the Windicator. And two, the Windicator that you actually put up. So the difference to me that, that I notice is from the tree stand, you can actually watch how it's dropping or where it's going and all that kind of stuff. That is the benefit. That is the benefit. And, I mean, it can actually help you determine or understand thermals or terrain by doing that. That's why I like yeah. it, for sure. I will tell you, the only times that I've used a... Like milkweed is like, uh, like I had a lease that had a bunch of it on the way through. I had like a path through the CRP that I would like cut around and I would like snag it as I was walking through. That's the only <laughs> time I've never like gone out before and like dried it out or whatever. I've never done that, but that's because um, you're not publicly challenged like me. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> I, just, I just, man, I'm a guy that's willing to just pay for convenience at certain times. <laughs> My wife hates it. Cause I'm just like, just pay for money at it. <laughs> yeah, I just I'd rather just pay to have things done to a certain point. I'm the and kind of guy I'm rich I'm not. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that will spend more money on buying the stuff to learn how to make something and learn how to make it than I than just spending the money the first time and buying whatever it was I wanted to make. Yeah. Whether it be a knife sheath or whatever, dude, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's cool. I respect that. But what's that meme that's going around now? It's like in six weeks and $3,000 later, we'll finally be able to enjoy a 25 cent vegetable from our garden. (laughs) 
Yeah, you definitely can go overboard there for sure. People, yeah, like uh, my wife was to start a garden. I'm like, yeah, or we could just go buy tomatoes. Like, I, I kill deer. I get the meat. Like, let's just get our vegetables, you know, whatever. Dude, like, I, they don't taste the same, I don't though. Time. I know they, you don't. know they don't taste the same. That's why my mother-in-law's for, man. I'm not planting a garden. There you, know? you go. Yeah, just utilize them, buy them some extra plants, whatever. Take the tractor over there, till a nice patch up for her. I, I'm very... Um, I don't I don't get out a lot of areas. I'm a bow hunter, a podcaster, and a family guy. And then that everything else can kind of kick rocks unless I feel like showing interest to it. I'm very I'm very focused into what I like and everything. And I'm I'm kind of being sarcastic when I say that. No, but, uh, I, I get it. Just real self centered, selfish. <laughs> no. I'm just super selfish and everybody else can kick rocks. Uh but no, I just uh I'm busy, you know. So I get I'm it. like you know, if I'm going to spend all my time for backstraps, then I'm doing that. And then somebody else can get the tomatoes or I'll just buy them on the fly. So how many and backstraps do you actually put in the freezer a year? I, kill, I killed four whitetails last year, um, an antelope, and a bear last year. So with that so, baby, the new baby on the way, I don't know if that's going to be enough meat in another year or two. You're going to have to really... Uh, buckle she down better. and probably take an elk do. or two probably two <laughs> I, next next fall i have an elk hunt planned so nice. um uh, we're doing that and i'm going to uh wyoming this fall so i'm going to wyoming and then i'm hoping i can get on a couple good whitetail bucks and maybe a doe or three depending on where i'm at in illinois and so yeah i'll have to, I'll have to buckle down and get one more because my little girl tears up the wild game and it's kind of funny yeah so we're she um loves- what are you doing on the, is it an elk hunt in this fall then? No, it's a, a mule deer hunt. Okay. Mule deer, like high country yep. or what? Yep. High country. So we're you prepared we're for that. Forward. Yeah. I'm getting prepared. Yeah. Um, it's uh, me, my buddy, Devin Leonard and my buddy, Clint Casper all going together. So nice. They're, nice. I have a tag. They don't have tags, but they're using it as a reason to scout because they're putting in to draw that tag. So they're basically it's a scouting trip for them it's a hunting trip for me and we're all going to kind of just learn together i'm going to learn from them because i mean Devin Leonard, killers yeah for yeah sure. i mean Devin's like the mule deer guy you know and clint's for a guy from ohio he's quick, quickly becoming a mule deer guy yeah so i mean he's killed some good real good bucks so i'm going to go in like a, just a sponge and just absorb as much knowledge and just everything i can from those guys when we're out there and and we'll see what happens. That's for sure the best way to do it, man. It's just osmosis. Take as much up yeah. as you can for sure. Um, so exactly. so when you you said you're planning an elk hunt for next year then? Yeah, same area in Wyoming. Um my buddy Trey Heiner, the, the same guy we do our bear hunts with, the working class bear camps. Yeah. Um yeah, so I was gonna the plan was this I was gonna go next fall with my old man. My dad was getting to a certain age that i'm like man we gotta get him out because he's getting old you know like you know there's not many 60 year year old plus getting in there and chasing elk around in the high country so i was gonna buy him an elk hunt through my buddy trey and uh, my dad recently just passed away and so i i I called trey up i'm like man i was gonna buy my dad a hunt with you out there and um, i was like throw me on the books so we're gonna do like a memorial hunt for my dad and go out there and try and kill a slob so we'll see nice. we'll see what we can figure out on that <laughs> nice no that's cool so, yeah. that's definitely cool um so fitness wise do you feel you're ready you got all the crossfitting in or what what are you doing 
not a CrossFit guy. I'm a bike guy. Just hop on the bike and go. Yep. I'm in the process. So I'm, I'm a, so I have a rogue Ridge, which is an e-bike, but you can pedal it like a mountain bike. Right. So I've been cranking around on that a lot. And then I just got, I grew up as a BMX kid. Um, I just built uh, a new bike, a uh, machine bike company sent me a frame and they put like our working class logo on the head tube and stuff. So nice. I just had that fully built. And then I have a whole area in my backyard that me and my buddy Ross bigger, he's, he grew up as a motocross guy, but he's got a, a mini X and a skid steer and all that. So we're going to go in and build a workout track. Uh, they call it a pump track. I don't know if you've ever seen those online. I don't know. <laughs> it's basically, um, you can make them however you want tip. The typical like pump track is you can roll over everything and it's all rhythm. So you're actually using your body. It's minimal pedaling, but you're actually using your body and the momentum and the flow and pumping over the rollers and jumps to get speed. And then basically you can just do laps on it. It's like the ultimate workout. So hmm. I have like 15 tons of dirt and we're going to do a little digging with the mini and get it out. And I'm hoping that gets done in the next month and I'm <laughs> bow training started this week. And so we'll be ready. Nice. That's cool. I That's like cool. to hunt more than I like to hunt more than I'm in shape. Always. Me too. I find it hard, <laughs> hard. I mean, it's not hard to get the motivation to do it, but it's hard to get motivated to do it. If that makes right. sense, you know? Oh yeah. Working out sucks. And I'm not a guy that goes to the gym. Like if, if I can't make a workout fun, I just don't do it. Like, just, and I'm not even like, I'm not going to bullshit anybody. It's like, if it's not on a BMX bike or a bike, or if it's not a workout or I feel like I'm being distracted by how fun it is, then I don't do it. You know, like I'm not the dude who's like posting Instagram reels and stories of me running down my gravel road because like if I'm running, I'm not posting it on Instagram. <laughs> I, don't I, mean? either. I, I don't need <laughs> my, my buddy is like a gym rat and he laughs at the guys that take pictures of themselves at the gym. He's like, what are you, what are you going for the gym for? Like, just if, if it's for you, you just go and you do your thing. And then in real life, someone would be like, Hey, you've been working out. He's like, but he goes, you're doing it for you. Why you got to put it on social media? He, he, that annoys him. And I kind of get what he's saying. Like, totally. Unless that's you your know. business, like Dan, Dan, the fitness man, you know, elk shape or something to where that's different. that is your lifestyle and motivate other people and get them in shape for elk season. I that's get way that. different. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's way different. Yeah. If, if, if working class bow hunters niche was like, we're gym guys after work, <laughs> then yeah, maybe that's what we would do. You know, like Kent Haynes, like that makes a little more sense. It's kind of like part of why people follow him. Right. But as a, as a normal dude, I'm not going to be like, look how fat I was and now I'm not, but <laughs> there you go. Though, that might be a thing. Then you could start your own fitness program, right? <laughs> nah, I'm trying to sell like pyramid scheme, fitness programs, to other hunters and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather just, I'd rather just have people notice it in person. You know, I feel like that feels cooler than having people like my totally. photo. You don't need to be the guy throwing. I saw one the other day and I actually, I'm, messaged... being, I'm, I'm kind of being half sarcastic for the record. I'm kind of kidding around, but I mean, what, whatever <laughs> it takes for someone to get motivated, like if, if you need that to motivate you, then yeah, cool. Do it. But. No, Kafaru just posted one and uh, one of their photographers had a pack on with like a hundred pound sandbag in it or something. And he had the phone and it was like pointed out away from him. And I'm like, is he, what's he doing? And I, I messaged him and I said, Hey, is he recording you recording him? 
And they go, no, he's just recording himself in a mirror. And I was like, oh, oh I no get shit. it. <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. You know, my buddy Judd, outside the studio right here, I have a, it's just a, like a frame. Mm-hmm. And there, it's got the set to put like the weights on it. Yeah. So I can walk around. So he dropped that off to me yesterday. He's like, hey, I figured you might want this, but I don't have the weights. So I'm like, all right, I, I'm not going to go buy them. <laughs> not going to so, go buy some plates. Maybe you could borrow yeah, some gonna... from somebody. <laughs> Yeah, I have to rob some plates from someone. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'll figure something out. So I'll, join, a gym, join a 24-hour gym for a week and just <laughs> run in and run out one day. Rob them blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I might just ratchet strap a cinder block or five on it. There the back you go. Now you're thinking. Redneck. Sandbags. Yeah. That's, that's what I throw in when I do it. Or actually, for a while, it was concrete because that's what I had laying around from an extra project. But Well, the problem with this is there's there's no bag. It's just the frame. Oh, so yeah. I can't throw anything into a bag, so I'll, I'll figure something out if I actually. <laughs> it'll probably sit there until I get back from my hunt, and I won't ever touch it. There you go, whatever works, man. Yeah, the bike will be my go-to. I mean, it's cardio, and it's really a full body workout all in one. And and like for me mentally, I'm having so much fun that I don't feel like I'm working out until I get done. I'm like, oh man, I'm dying. You can't walk you know the I mean? next two days. Yeah, exactly. I get exactly. it. <laughs> when I got the bike, I was messing around on just on flat ground. Just cranking around and doing different like just pump workouts and you know doing my thing and yeah you feel it like you feel it in your forearms you feel it in your thighs and i mean it's a stair stepper you can have a little more fun on that's pretty cool so um you were telling me about your your recent bear hunt a little bit can you kind of talk on that and just kind of let's give away some details (laughs) yeah definitely we uh we've been going so the last two years we've gone to uh, double diamond outfitters out in uh, Wyoming and it's all it's so basically he sets up like a, a canvas wall tent camp and then it's horseback so you horseback into your baits and stuff but it's all on public like you know you go to a trailhead and you're seeing other people there and stuff like that but um, yeah I mean it's out in Wyoming backcountry and it's a little ways out there but it, it's just a riot I've never done any like type of Canadian bear hunt or anything like that um, and it, I've never hunted bears until this trip so it was a pretty cool experience and my first time ever i like to hunt wyoming and all that in that steep country and it's it's different out there it's pretty wild but uh yeah i didn't kill one this spring but last spring i killed my first bear i, I got lucky i killed one on the first sit so nice. um, <laughs> yeah it was great it was it was really fun i mean it was cool like i'm glad it happened and i got to see what it was like but the the camp is so fun that really you're not even worried about it and i know that sounds cliche it's not about the kill but honestly we left this year and I wasn't even like, I'm cool. You know, I'm good, but yeah. I genuinely wasn't even bummed about it. It's just so much fun from the time you get there, the process, like just sleeping in the tents and hanging out with your buddies and getting up and getting baits ready, getting horses ready, and then riding the horses out to the baits and hunting until dark. And it's just so much fun all, all around everything about it's great. So how long would you guys sit on the, on the bait? Like, was it an all day thing or was it uh you know, like mid morning till whenever, or what was that like? Um, typically we did not hunt mornings typically. Now, if there's something that tipped us off to go hunt a morning, like, you know, the first year we went, Austin and Ross did hunt some mornings. Um, they went in, you know, at daylight and hunted for a bit and then would come down or, or maybe sit all day. Um, every time I've done it, we've gone out about three in the afternoon, uh, maybe a little earlier, depending. Sometimes we're going out at like one in the afternoon, 
and then at that time of the year it doesn't get dark till like oh i guess 9 30 is like when you can't see so it's time to pack up and head out and so i mean it's still a pretty long sit because it gets dark so late there so by the time you walk out of there or get to your horses and then get out of there with the horses then get back to the the whatever you're in sometimes you ride back to the camp sometimes you get to a horse trailer and ride back in the truck back to the actual camp on the on the back road i mean it's midnight sometimes by the time you get back to camp so you come back you drink a beer and then you're like oh i'm going to bed i'm wore out (laughs) and then you get up and i don't know if you have time shoot your bow um get baits ready get the horses ready and you're back at it again or or go out and you help refill a bait or whatever you got to do it's It's Western, man. It's no, some cowboy cool. stuff. So your antelope that you got, were, were you, uh, what were you doing for that? Were you with the double diamond uh, outfitters again? Nope. Or? nope. I just went with uh, some good buddies from, they have a project called Buckstorm. They're based out of South Dakota. And uh, we did two of those uh, antelope camps uh, two years in a row. And yeah, it's just all public, um, just out in South Dakota. And it is so much fun. It is like the best time. I, I highly recommend if anyone's listening, if they've never gone antelope hunting, go anywhere <laughs> you can go in any state. It doesn't matter. Just go and chase them around with a bow. It's so much fun. So did you get like a buck and a doe tag or what did you get? Uh... Um, mine was, I think it's an either sex. You only get to shoot one. Um, yeah, it's, it's an either sex, I believe. Um, but yeah, the, my first year I killed, uh, not a big one, but for me, I was stoked about it. I got it mounted and everything. Um, and then I killed, uh, it's kind of a crazy story. I killed a, a younger one last year. It was kind of, it was on accident. It, it, that sounds corny. I don't, I don't really need to get in detail. But I'll tell the story real quick. <laughs> uh, I had a legitimately, I don't tell the story because people can, I think I'm full of shit, um, but it's Let's on video. It. Let's hear it. So I, hear it. I, sh- I shot at an antelope and it darted my arrow and another one intercepted my arrow. I believe it. I if I, you watch antelope and just how weird they move, like one minute they'll yeah. dart away from you a hundred yards, and next thing you know you'll turn around, and I mean you see it all the time. Like they'll turn around and then they'll be like ten yards from you, and you're like, where the heck did you come from? So yeah, I get it. It, it was one of those things when it happened. I was like, I, I you know, of course, it was actually what's weird about it in the footage. The one I hit it, it's not like I hit it in the ass and it like had to suffer. It was like an unethical shot. It was weird. The what was so shocking about it is it was like it looked like someone shot with a rifle, like it <laughs> it front flipped and rolled, like dropped it, and you know it looks like it's at a full spin, uh, a speed run pretty much because it had momentum. Because when I shot, they jumped the string because they're these goats were fairly close to like a highway, mm. so they were just getting hit with guys running out there trying to put a stock on them over and over and over. So I think they were extra extra jumpy. So. I shoot the one to the left is like 20 yards to the left of the one I'm shooting at. They dart and it just boom, boom rolls it like tea kettle <laughs> ass over and just rolling. And I'm sitting there and everybody's like, what just happened? And I just sat, I put my hands over my face and just sat there on the hill. And I'm like, this is the strangest. Like, I don't know how I feel. It was one of them things. I was like, yeah, I got one, but I didn't mean to. I felt terrible because I didn't mean to do it, you know? Um, And I was telling the guys, I'm like, I'm glad you have that on film because if I told this story anywhere, everybody would think I was just so full of it and making stuff up. And uh, yeah, so 
I, everybody waited about an hour, then everyone started making fun of me, so it was cool. So is it that on the on your YouTube channel? It's on Buckstorms. On Buckstorm? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's been, it's been almost a year, so it, it's down their feet a bit. But yeah, it's on there. Were you, uh, were you wearing your uh, awesome antelope hat that you know looks like an antelope head that's like a giant foam uh, cheese cutout? From I think those are. <laughs> I think those are hilarious. No, I wasn't wearing one of those, but my buddy had the like head on. I don't know if it's like the Montana decoy or whatever. My buddy had that on his bow and he was, uh, I can't remember the layout of it where he was at. He was also filming. So he's like, he has that and he's kind of filming around it. So, and I'm off way to the side of him, but there was like a hill with a cutout. So when the goats came around that cutout, they were like, boom, looking right at him. So I kind of had to make my move. It was kind of a now or never. And then they just were jumpy as hell. And, jump me up so dude i want i wonder it's heads up right heads up decoy is the thing that goes on the bow oh i don't know i thought it was montana but i might be wrong i i no montana makes like just the spring ones that like you put almost like tent poles in and you post them in the ground you know what that so we they have both we were using the montana one on this hunt and i have those and i freaking love them i've used them like on public just going and so here's here's a little story for you i was <laughs> i was last year i was hunting my hunt kind of got blown so i was a guy who was walked ended up walking right through and he scared out of the timber like i don't know six deer no bs six deer just stalking through there as noisy as could be um so then i was like you know what it's like 11 o'clock anyway i'm gonna get down so i get down i had to take a dump so, so, so I go over to a little spot further away, <laughs> go to the bathroom, and then I'm walking back, and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go to my canoe and leave. So I got the decoy, and I got it up kind of high, right? And it's tall grass. It's like grass up to probably my, like my, I don't know, waist maybe, maybe a little higher. Mm-hmm. And I got the decoy, and it's kind of over my shoulder. I got my pack on with all my stuff, and I'm carrying my bow. And all of a sudden, I see something flash like fur. And I turn over, and I look, and I'm like, oh, crap. And it was a nice buck. I bet you it was no joke, like 140, 150 inch buck. No kidding. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, where, where did yeah. he come from? And I looked and there was a blown down tree and he was laying bedded up against the root base. But no he didn't kidding. see me and the wind was at my face. He saw the doe decoy moving and he just heard all the noise. I mean, I wasn't trying to be quiet. So he heard all this right. noise going through the grass and he looks over and sees it. Well, he gets like probably like 40, 45 yards from me and he's like standing facing me now. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I wonder how I can make a play on this, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I kneel down and I set the doe down. And when I do, she kind of like gets covered up and I didn't think about it at the time, but it was like just her head sticking up. So he's kind of still looking at her. Mm-hmm. And I'm fumbling trying to get like my release on and get an arrow out and do all this stuff. And I'm like, and then finally he just kind of like knows something's off and he just darts off. And I'm like, yeah, man, that was awesome though. You know? And so that I started cool. thinking though, if I had one of those other decoys that goes on your bow, you could just stand, be standing up, not kneel down and try and grab stuff, you know, and just yeah. and go yeah. for it. But I've had a couple encounters with those Montana decoys that, and I guess they're just so realistic. Like 
You know yeah. what I mean? They look pretty real, um, you know, unless you get to the side where they're non-existent anymore. But I've had deer where they, they walk and then they don't see it anymore and they come running back around and look at it. It's pretty <laughs> right. neat. And, like, there another incident was I canoed the first time into a new spot. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, man, I got to get there, got to get there, got to get there. I didn't actually canoe. I kayaked and had another canoe behind me. And that's a whole nother story about current and all that kind of stuff. But so yeah. I get two does run past me right on the ridge, the bank of the of the little tributary I was in. And I'm like, okay. So I get the decoy, get my bow, kind of get up there. And same thing. There's spike buck, no joke, like five feet away from me. <laughs> so no I kidding. back up a little bit and try and, you know, and I wasn't going to shoot him, but I was just putting an arrow in just in case I had to do something because he's oh, over yeah, there yeah. stomping his foot and putting his head down. Well, you just never know who else is going to be popping up either too <laughs> yeah, you know it's true and so especially like with that setup you know you could have like you said the 150 be popped up right there you didn't see them and <laughs> i mean miss an opportunity if you weren't ready that was like two years before that happened but yeah it was it was awesome i mean so i've had some great experiences with those montana decoys but i'm gonna have to i think i'm gonna have to get me one of those heads up or whatever the heck they're called where they go on the yeah. front of your bow because yeah i think that might really work i don't know the the first antelope I ever shot, that's my buddy Jeremy from Buckstrom. He had one on his bow, and I was kind of like behind him, and we were sneaking in. Like, we're inching, you know, like we're trying to get by with as much as we can. Uh, Travis is filming like way behind us, and he's holding like, he's kind he's a taller guy, so he's kind of ducked down below the hill, and he has, he holds his hand up with the camera on his hand. He was kind of <laughs> using that with a viewfinder to see what was going on, and that's how he, they film a lot of their stuff out there where there's, kind of there's not a lot of terrain so you make the best of what terrain you do have and so jeremy's got that decoy in the front of his bow and i'm kind of ranging around him and then when i saw the goat that i end up shooting stand up i kind of like drew facing away from jeremy and then stepped out and stood up and shot him that one's on film too on their videos so nice that's a fun antelope is like it's so much fun i would go every (laughs) year if i had the time yeah. No, that's something I was thinking about. And it's like my dad, I I don't think he is fit enough. You know, his knees are bad and all that kind of stuff to where he could go in any terrain for elk unless it was like Kansas or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's possible, but I think I might be able to pull off like a, you know, like a rifle uh, animal oh, yeah. on or something with them. I need to try and get that figured out and on the books or something to make that happen. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a riot. It would yeah. be fun to go out. Like, I don't ever rifle hunt, but I think that would be fun to do. Like a, a rifle antelope with like a group of guys would be a ton of fun. <laughs> you know, but do you? I just love those animals are just so cool to me. So you never pick up a rifle, or it's I've only killed, I've killed one deer with a rifle, and that was in uh, Oregon a couple of years ago. I guess because um, it would be a working class rifle hunter, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we can't use them in Illinois. Um, I've killed plenty of deer with like a, with a muzzle loader. Um, I've never killed deer with a shotgun or anything like that, but I have nothing against it. I just, it's not as interesting what, to me, you know, whatever happened here in Illinois, they were trying to do, uh, to where you could use like a, a rifle with the straight walled cartridge of whatever caliber and stuff. And then it never like really went anywhere. Do you know anything about that? I don't, I don't, man. I, uh, I heard rumblings about it and I was just hoping it wasn't going to happen. Um, and I, I, I honestly never heard anything about it. 
we just we don't need any more guns you know when it comes to like killing deer it's already you know what i mean the shotgun's plenty oh you don't know, say that man <laughs> You're hurting my shotgun is more than enough in Illinois. No, it totally is. But I think it'd be cool. I totally think it'd be cool to do like a lever action 44 mag or something. I don't know. Although it'd be cool, but we're good. I think your buddy, uh, uh, Johnny Utah was talking about that to where Mm -hmm. like they just, they, they passed that in Iowa, right? Where people can do that now with a rifle or something. He was saying Indiana did. Yeah. And he was saying it totally got to where, People are modding them out and trying to push a thousand yards with the with a straight yeah. hawk cartridge. Well, that's just the thing, you know. It's it's shot. Just we got shotguns that can shoot a long way. That's all we need in Illinois. We don't we don't need anything else. <laughs> well, like if like, you can't if you can't kill one with a shotgun, maybe go somewhere else. I don't know. Well, that's like, like uh, you know Andrew uh, Toygo, right? Mm-hmm. He he's got one of those uh, shotguns that's like a. 400 500 yard shotgun or something i don't yeah, know what like the heck it is savage 20 gauge bolt action something i don't know his is like a freaking gun <laughs> it's not a gun works but it's something like that it is way more um, high tech than your regular bolt action my buddy austin chandler has something like that i believe it's a 20 gauge i want to say it's a savage or a browning or something like that but it's a bolt action slug gun and uh it's just impressive but you know that's a rifle at that point, and that's the guys with the muzzle loaders too. Like I don't think Illinois says anything about whether or not it has to be smokeless powder or any of that kind of stuff. Not so, that I'm aware of. So no. you could use a centerfire, you know, primer and like a large rifle primer, and put you know whatever kind of magnum powder in there. And I mean, there's yeah. uh, I can't think of the dude's name. He's somewhere out in like Idaho or something, and he makes these muzzle loaders that are that are like fourteen hundred yard muzzle loaders oh really yeah i mean and they're and they're accurate to 1400 yards he like guarantees at 100 yards it's less than like half inch you know or a quarter inch moa or something crazy that's not (laughs) i I honestly i like guns i think they're cool but when it comes to hunting like my knowledge of them is very minimal like it's it's very very minimal it's just not it's cool it is fun but it's just not my main interest, you know? Yeah. Like I'm never like going out on my own rifle hunt for elk, you know, unless it would have to be a very uh, specific circumstance. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that was my first elk hunt unsuccessful. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so this year I'm going to go out archery and see if I can make it happen. Hopefully less pressure. We'll see, but hopefully I can, hopefully I can do that. But, um, no, I think, uh, like, just, I don't know. It's cool. It's definitely cool to do that. But, like, I've had the same feelings. I just drew a shotgun tag this year that it was my fourth year putting in for, and I finally drew it for a piece of public. And I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, as excited as I am to have the tag, I'm not that excited to take the shotgun out and actually go hunt it. And I told her, I was like, I might actually bring my bow and she yeah and she's like that's pretty dumb (laughs) and I go and I go you know (laughs) kind of it is because chances are I'll see something at like 80 yards or something and not be able to drop it and it'll be like you know the biggest deer I've ever seen out there 
And then, you know, on the same hand, it's like, well, I'll shoot it at 30 yards with a shotgun and be like, well, I totally could have dropped that one with my bow. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) That's a double-edged sword. I killed um, a buck I called Creepy during second firearm season now. Because if you have a firearm tag, you can hunt with a bow as long as you have a valid tag. And that just changed, you know. Yep. Probably in the last five years or something like that. But anyway, I I killed. but (laughs) yeah. It's been four years at okay. least. Um, I killed that buck at 12 yards during second shotgun season with my bow. Nice. So, but it felt, I mean, to me, I'm like, that's even cooler because yeah. I was in blaze orange. Everybody else is out gun hunting, like trying to kill, just see one to kill one. And I just, you know, maybe luck, but I, I don't know. I just like the feel of that. It's cool. No, that's nothing, awesome. Nothing against it. If you want to gun hunt, that's cool. I don't have anything against that at all, but um, it's just not as interesting. <laughs> You but know? it'd be called working class gun hunter instead of bow hunter. That's <laughs> working class slug hunter. <laughs> slug hunter. There you go. Yeah. Not to be confused with one slug dug. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. It's like, yeah, that isn't his name, which I don't understand because I don't know if I've ever heard of you know what I mean? Like the last time I saw Doug shoot a slug gun was like I don't know if I've ever seen him shoot one. <laughs> so whatever. I don't know. It's like it just it has a ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, no. <laughs> I, I get it, man. I don't get it, but I get it. Instagram handle the Duck Guy Doug is what he needs to do. What, what been to what? Lately. Duck Guy Doug. Is he a duck guide now? Is that no? He's never even killed a duck, I don't think. But that's what's <laughs> funny. It's a um. If you listen to our podcast, there's a joke about. So we did a, a podcast with Make Hunting Great Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talks about how there's a lot of Instagram chicks that are in <laughs> in it for the wrong intentions. But they get free duck hunts because of things they do to get free duck hunts. Oh, yeah. Well, Doug's <laughs> the only single guy in our crew, so we joke around and duck call guy him Doug. Duck Guy Doug. <laughs> so it's kind of like it was a joke that in the podcast and with our listeners has kind of rolled into this thing that's getting way out of hand. But it's so funny that we just keep it going. That's so, funny. Because <laughs> I'm pretty now, sure I listened to both of the the make hunting great again episodes i like that dude he's pretty funny but i don't remember ever yeah. hearing well it's something that kind of rolled in oh. it's, it's uh <laughs> you have to you had to listen to the show because there's a lot of inside jokes in there and that's there's a lot of like a, a third eye illuminati hidden inside <laughs> jokes in there that if you if you listen to them in detail and you catch them you're like oh i see where this is stemming from so Got it all kind of led into nice so that, that i think that's why not everybody understands it, but like a lot of our hardcore guys that are kind of get the vibe and are understand what we're talking about. Yeah. They, they understand what's going on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not fun. just your uh, drop in every once in a while listeners. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the guy that's hitting every episode, you're kind of in on the duck guy, Doug joke. So nice. Nice. It's pretty fun. Well, Kurt, I mean, it's been good. Uh, we could probably ramble all night here, but um, yeah. we should probably wrap it up. I think it's a good point with uh, duck guy, Doug so <laughs> yeah it's a good spot to close her out forever yeah. on that one so ladies if you're listening you want to duck hunt uh <laughs> doug will yeah. take doug will take you out um, leave your self-esteem at home <laughs> <laughs> all right doug got free hunts for you <laughs> doug's got free hunts <laughs> all right man kurt but before you go you want to tell everybody uh where they can kind of find obviously working class bow hunter and you and all that good stuff yeah, if I mean, if for some reason you want to look me up after this podcast, uh, just anywhere working class bow hunter, um, anywhere that you can find podcasts, we're there. Um, 
and yeah, you don't need to follow my personal accounts. Just find me on working class where that's <laughs> on there. Don't follow him on his personal. <laughs> yeah, you can. I, I mean, it's there. It's Kurt Geyer Hunt if you really want to follow me. But, but he just, doesn't want to be Insta famous. So <laughs> no, I'm not trying to get free duck hunts. I understand no free duck hunts. <laughs> All right, man. It's been good. Thanks. Thanks, brother. <laughs>